Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk episode six. Five, uh, oh no, 658 is today, Wednesday, recording Wednesday, the 24th of February, uh, 2021. Uh, I've got my hat on because the boiler's gone in the office uh, and we're waiting for it to be fixed and it's just that wee bit too cold, so... Having so little hair as I do, I feel I need to keep my heat in. Uh, but anyway, this isn't really anything to do with uh, hat. It's not a hat podcast. It's a music technology podcast. We talk about all things to do with music production, software, synthesizers, uh, DAWs, recording, studios, performing, all of that kind of stuff. Everything to do with it. And we want to say uh, welcome to everybody. Uh, we've got our friends in the uh, YouTube chat room. Uh, nice to see you there. And also uh, in the IRC, which you can see there, we've got a little QR code. If you want to scan, that'll take you to the page where it's all informational and then we've got our friends over in uh discord facebook and uh twitch over there so nice to see you all um couple of things. You can get this podcast uh, in audio form as well. It will be available on uh, it's Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. You can just ask uh, your uh, smart speaker to play the Sonic Talk podcast. I won't say the A word because uh, that generates all sorts of problems. Uh, and I want to say thank you very much to everybody for um, sticking in there. You, don't forget, if you like what you see, uh, please ring the bell and subscribe. So anyway, we'll say hello to our guests uh, because we have, uh, well, let's see who we start. With. We'll start with Miss Tori Letzler, who we haven't seen for a while there in LA, in a new studio, right? Yeah, this is the new space. Um, I haven't quite figured out how to get it properly set up for stuff like this yet. I have like my ring light over there and the rig and the phones all propped up. We'll, we'll get there. But yeah, new space, bigger space. Um, before I was sharing a space with my, my husband and then we had a smaller second room. But uh, we needed our own spaces and we had to split up the gear, so... <laughs> Wow. Yeah, well, that sounds like it depends who gets what, I suppose. Uh, Those of you who don't know, Tori is obviously, uh, she's a media composer in LA. One of the things that she does, uh, doing quite a lot of stuff. You do quite a lot of trailer work as well, don't you? Which is a very specialised part of media composing. It's kind of, yeah, it's it's an interesting world. Also, live performer, Tiny Cat is uh, your side project. Uh, You just got a, a single out, right? Yeah, I had a single come out last week or the week before. My single, uh, Take Me Away, on my uh, electronic side project called Tiny Cat. So if you want to check that out, go for it. <laughs> well, I, we will encourage people to head that way. But lovely to have you. Um, I will also say hello to Mr. Dave Spears, who's there in... Uh, well, look what he's got behind him. He's got the Dave Spears OBE, should I say. <laughs> or is that OBN? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to get an OBE. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to make do with an OB8 instead uh yeah. g4 software of course just announced the obe which is the virtual uh eight voice which he's got behind him that is in fact the very the very one that was modeled on isn't it yep both of those weirdly enough that's oh, a more modern that? sem oh ah, okay uh so it was a kind of combination of the two of very interesting the differences very fascinating more more in terms of parameter scaling than anything else sonically but yeah, beautiful, beautiful bits of kit. Well, thanks for making the time for us, because I'd imagine you're uh, inundated with all sorts of infrastructure issues, like are your servers um, powerful enough to download all of the requests for the OB8 and etc. But uh, I'm sure we'll get onto that a little bit later, because that is going to be something we'll talk about. But in the meantime, we'll say hello to Mr. Mark Tinley, who's there, Sonus Magus, in his shop in Glastonbury. Uh, Mark is... Uh, probably half a kilo lighter as you notice he's have he's had a hair reset so he's uh, completely gone for the the cut and uh, so you're in your shop and you've got some other cameras you can switch to so we can actually see around your store right yeah, let's I'm have a look shop. give us a twirl so i'll give you the that's me at my counter ah can i help I'll you give you uh, there's the doorway there's nobody at the door and we're closed or <laughs> upstairs in the balcony and that artwork around the top of the room is by a local artist this guy called ash and if you stare at that artwork for long enough it starts moving it's really really trippy and really really cool actually um so i bought 11 of his pieces of artwork so that's to inspire me and then we've got the uh, the sofa which i'm going to sit on wow. and write music on one day when i tidy up so it's kind of cool actually yeah I've, so, I've but it doesn't i can link my cctv directly into obs and then we it's i'm feeding it into this software as a as a virtual camera so 
Sorry, you were going to ask me something. Doesn't this mean that you've actually got to uh, now um, pretend you're not there? Because people are going to be knocking on the door going, you're in there. Look, I only want a string or a battery. Can you just, can you get on with it? Come on. What's so important? I'm going to strip. I want to stream. No, I put some notices on the door actually saying closed, doing a podcast and giving them instructions on where to find this. Uh, so if they want some strings, they can come in the chat room in the order, maybe. Uh, I can't sell anybody anything because I haven't got a till in here. So they'd have to do a click and collect and ah, I'm going to stream true. it to the internet. I think I'm going to just turn this shop into a sitcom because I've decided retail's dead on its ass now that uh, Amazon has become. Uh, you know, everybody's kind of learned how to do it, haven't they? So it, even the people that didn't know how to do Amazon, all the older people like my generation are kind of like going, hey, man, yeah, I just got this on Amazon. Can you fix it for me? I'm just like, what? Yeah. So if you make your you make your store into kind of a virtual reality store, that's a great idea. Yes, exactly. It's just going to be, there's going to be a sign on this door. It's going to say, if you come in here, you're on TV. You're being or you're being broadcast to social media. And I just want to capture some of these kind of trippy, weird Glastonbury conversations that I have with people because they're fascinating anyway. Um, and I think it needs to be a, it needs to be shown to the world now. Definitely. Yeah. I think I think the problem is no going to be the problem. The problem is going to be is when you've got those I don't know. Let's say five days a week of six hours a day footage to then go through to find the highlights. That's going to be a tricky bit. You need some kind of workflow that enables that to be. What what you need is a foot switch. So while it's happening, you can just press a button and there'll be a kind of marker in your record file, so you won't have to watch it all and sort of try and remember when it happened. Sounds like I'm going to have to have some long conversations with you about how to do because I I think your MIDI thing is brilliant. So I possibly something like like a MIDI thing, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Or I'll just stream everything and uh, tell and people. I'll end up paying paying EE an absolute fortune for the bandwidth, <laughs> and, and and people can edit it themselves. Yeah, I think people are too lazy for that. But anyway, good thoughts. But hold that thought. Um, let's get on with some uh, actual uh, some stuff now. Um, oh, actually, before yeah. I do, I should mention uh, that we've got uh, a, a special deal for uh, Isotope from Isotope. If you head over to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk, uh, there's a special landing page there which will enable you to... Uh, um, Save an extra 10%. Use the code SONIC10 uh, at checkout and you can save an extra 10%. And it's all uh, it's all going to be, uh, well, it's, that's, that'll be great. Hold on. I'm, for some reason, my web page has gone down. I need to uh, just open that up again. So uh, let me just do that while I'm, uh, oh, I've just broken something. Awesome. I don't know what happened there. Now I can't see the Story interface. Story of my life. Wow, that's pretty full on. I don't know what I just did. I think I maybe I closed something just give me a second if i go to uh maybe this shot you could talk for a bit while i figure out because at the moment i'm looking at a blank screen which is very difficult to run a show from ah i break stuff every day so yeah don't push that button oh too late <laughs> story of my life it's the back end of our website so oh, like, no, no 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 how is it that you always know it's going to break as well? You kind of look at it and you think, I really shouldn't do that. And then your hand. Right, there's a bit of exciting uh, stuff. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. There's also, yeah, there we go. Do beg your pardon. That was very unprofessional of me. But as <laughs> regular viewers of the show will know that this is all part of the fun. Um, so, uh, so let, well, actually, before we go there, I was just curious whether or not, um, Tori, you were. Uh, what are you working on? Have you got any kind of anything exciting in the pipeline now? Are you, are you getting through? Because we haven't yeah. spoken to you before all this nonsense happened. I mean, are you doing okay? It's, yeah, I spoke to you guys, I think, way at the beginning. And then we tried to do it again, and my camera with the app was failing, unfortunately. Um, I've been busy. I'm, I'm very lucky. Um, you know, there was a minute there where it got a little hairy. I can't totally say what I'm working on. Um, I, I can elusively say I'm scoring a TV series for a streaming network. I can't say which streaming network that is at the moment. Um, and then I'm working on two sample packs, one with noise engineering. It's a sample pack entirely using uh, their modules as sound sources. And that should be out probably next month. And then I'm working on a vocal sample pack with uh, someone that I cannot disclose at this moment. Wow, okay. That's all kind yeah. of quite exciting then. 
Yeah, I'm pretty excited. It's, it's been good. Um, and then, you know, just the usual trailers and uh, Tiny Cat, which is my solo project, uh, had a release this month and probably gonna have a few more releases up to the summer. So, yeah, I uh, I can't complain with the exception of, uh, you know, that we're in a pandemic and I can't <laughs> Apart leave the studio, from but I don't leave the studio anyways, <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, now you can't. It's probably for the best, as uh, as, we all, as we all are finding out for ourselves. Okay, right, well, let's get yeah. into it. Um, we've got, uh, well... Demo from the brilliant Alex Ball. This is the OBE. We couldn't not talk about it, could we? And it's sounding very fulsome in this. This is, uh, I guess, all instances of, uh, of OBE. This is the beginning. Of, uh, Alex does a great walkthrough, and there's some other really great examples in here. So, yeah, I guess that means OBE is out. This is the thing, Dave, you've been working on for years. I mean, I remember you showing me something uh, a long time ago and it's finally hit the uh, hit the stores. So you must feel like you've uh, is it end of an era or beginning of an era? How do you how do you how do you see it? A bit of both, really. Uh, very much uh, yeah, I guess the beginning. Uh actually, I should probably give you a bit of kudos here cuz when you were looking at it in my studio, we at the time we only had the 8SM view the big wide view, the global view. And it was you who said, you should really think about putting a zoom function on there so that you could zoom into individual SEMs, which was great because I was able to go back to Coda and let's say, uh, it's been a really good suggestion. And he's been amazing throughout the whole process. So yeah, yeah, thank you for that. That's It's really handy because obviously if you use it in the global, I mean, you can resize the GUI any size you want, but the idea that you can actually zoom in on one GUI and then you put it in group mode and you, any parameter that you change, all the other SEMs will take up that uh, position. Uh, and then there's an offset mode that will keep relative offsets and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, crazy, crazy. I guess I should take this opportunity to address the PC situation that we have. Uh, so we released this as Mac only. Uh, and obviously, there are a fair few disappointed PC users out there. Uh, so there's a, it's, it's a little bit detailed, but I'm going to try to explain. So anyone who remembers us from years ago will know that we had this kind of, I get overexcited about things, as you can probably tell, and I announce things way before they're due for release. And I kind of optimistically think that this deadline is going to be the ipso facto deadline release date. And that never happened. And that actually became quite embarrassing after a while. Uh, I think anyone who remembers the Imp2, and I will refer to it as a debacle because it kind of was. Uh, so we decided after that that we would never, ever even talk about anything until it was ready to ship. Because what happened was when these deadlines kind of went whooshing past our ears, people would rightfully you know, get frustrated and go, where is it, why? And then that would bog us down in a kind of whole other thing. And actually what it did was it became frustrating for engineers because what all we want them to do is focus on doing the best work possible. And, you know, obviously if that's an expanding timeline, there's a limit, but the focus is on trying to do the best work. So we didn't want to frustrate them anymore. So that's kind of the first point. And then the second point, and this should all tie in at the end, if I get this right, uh, is that it appears to the public that we've been actually quite quiet on new synth releases over the last few years. But, you know, we've had sound packs and obviously we've updated instruments and stuff. Uh, but in terms of new releases, we've been quite quiet. And the reason for that is that we have invested very heavily in some very special in-house tools that I can't go in, into any detail about, partly because I don't understand it and partly because it's a trade secret. But they were all developed on a Mac and OBE was used as a kind of proof of concept because we thought, why don't we start with something insanely complex because that'll either kind of make or break this these tools. And that's why OBE has been released initially as Mac only. Also, right. we did a survey a couple of months ago and most of our users were overwhelmingly uh, Mac users. So we kind of thought, let's put this out. Let's see what the feedback is. Let's see how people get on with it, because there's another angle to this in that the industry, I had a fascinating conversation with somebody very high up the food chain in the industry the other day who said that, you know, five years ago, we'd all spend four hours creating a mini mode baseline. But now the expectation from users is that they want to create a whole song during that time frame. 
And obviously ah. OBE completely flies in the face of that. So we were kind of like, let's put it out as it is um, and just gauge what the response is for the instrument as it exists. And then based on that response, what we will then look at doing is taking our internal uh, development tools, our super top secret tools, and then migrating those into more commercial tools that will allow us to pump out multiple formats. Uh, formats. All right, the reason okay. that we haven't said PC and stuff is incoming or will be released at some point is purely because that's a huge job. And what we don't want to do is set up people's expectations and then disappoint again. So kind of those four points end up referring back to point one where we don't talk about stuff until it's released. So that's why we can only say at this point, the Mac version is out. So right. I hope that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I think, I think that I'll kind of ma I think that makes sense. So I, I had a couple of questions. Is it is it more than eight? Can it do more than eight voices or have you stuck to the eight voice no, in eight its entirety? Right. No, it is just eight voices and that makes you think in a different way. What is absolutely amazing, obviously, about the original and this is that you can set each one of those voices slightly differently or... As you know, I use this thing for sound design, you know, when I'm asked to do stuff for film or TV or even just for artists. And I'll set up a huge epic unison patch on that and I'll send it off. And one particular artist will come back and say, one of those oscillators is ever so slightly out of tune. And I'll go, yeah, but that's the beauty of it. And he'll go, yeah, but this is techno and it all has to be precise. So this idea that you can copy paste to get a kind of uniform sound or you can add in that kind of difference between the notes. There's a fantastic video from uh, John Skippy. He's Lemkel. one of the plugging guru guys. Yeah. yeah. And he gets it and he play, he's a player. And that's the thing with Oberheims is they are a real player's instrument. So, yes. Next question. <laughs> ah, right. Well, I was going to... Uh, actually, Tori, have you... Because have you, I know you're really into synths. I mean, you've been, you've been kind of collecting on and off for a while. Yeah. Have you ever had the, the real SEM experience? Have you played with uh, one of the Oberheim SEMs? They really are just... I mean, just the sound. I haven't it. really. And as a PC user, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> um, yeah. But I have to say, at least, you know, my biggest pet peeve is when companies release stuff and claim it's cross-platform. And then as a PC user, I load it in and it totally tanks a session because um, I'm having that issue with a certain company right now. So I appreciate that you're saying like, okay, we, we made a mission to test it out with Mac. It's only Mac. We're going to fare it out, figure out the bugs, and then maybe move on to PC later, as opposed to, you know, going full steam with Mac, half-assing the PC and, and saying otherwise, which unfortunately a lot of companies seem to do. Um, and as a PC user, it's always very disheartening, but I, I would love to mess around with this and and hopefully some time in the future it'll be available for me um oh, my ring light just turned off <laughs> wow. um everyone's having problems today that's okay um, but yeah i mean i think it's a really it's exactly what you said it's like you know the the people that are using um getting the original synth using analog they they want those differences in the sound but a lot of people that go for digital um, you know, they want to have that preciseness and it is a lot of people that are producing in the box entirely doing things like, you know, techno and uh, progressive electro. There is a precise nature that they like. I fall somewhere in the middle, so I see both sides of it. I think it's going to be really interesting this because it does MPE and because each voice can actually be slightly weird and different, then that's going to be even more interesting. Um, I was I was going to come back to you, Tori. I see you're wrestling with your uh, with your light. I'll come Sorry. back to you after that. I'll come to, I'll come to Mark. Um, I I I don't know about you, but I only ever once I had to play with the Sem because uh, Will and Aid used to have them, uh, the golf rap guy and Portishead guy. But then Simon Forsyth brought uh, I think it was a two voice into the studio. And it just blew my mind. It was just like, and I very, very nearly then went to Bob Bart because there was a four voice that uh, Tom Oberheim did that you could buy. And I was so close to that, but I just could not justify the price. I mean, but the, the, the sound of them is amazing. Oops, sorry, Mark. I had you muted because there was a bit of noise. No. I beg your pardon. Aha. No. Now you can a speak. Hilton moment. Yeah, except it was me. <laughs> I, like, I, was, uh, I've used, I think there was one in... Oh god, I can't remember where it was, but it was a four voice, and the one of the oscillators was out of tune, and we used it to good effect for something because it because of the out of tuneness, because of the like kind of like weird dissonant kind of beat thing that it was doing against itself. 
But I think that was probably like quite early on in my career when I only really understood synthesis from the SH101 perspective and when uh, kind of presented with a Profit 5 or any of these kind of things, it was kind of like, hey, why doesn't this work like an SH101? And it took me a long time to work out that it could do a lot more than an SH101. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just like that whole Oberheim thing. When you stack those oscillators up, it just is such a massive fat sound. It's like, it's like the difference between putting an electric guitar through a Fender Twin or a Marshall, isn't it? I think it's got the kind of, it's got like that really kind of hard, harder edge to it. And if it's got six oscillators, I could use it on my MIDI guitar, couldn't I? If it's got eight, I'll have two spare. Help <laughs> <laughs> Nick's muted himself Why, now. What has it? I muted myself. God, it's, all going, it's all going off now. Sorry. So yeah, I've got a question. What is, what's happening with Mac? Because I hadn't realised that after Big Sur, that Mac have dumped the Intel chip. So how does that affect your... Um, ability to develop because if the, if do you now have to redevelop the whole thing all over again for that new arm processor or what happens because i've noticed no. loads of i bought a new audio interface and loads of audio interface have just dropped mac or they've got like two separate versions of it now oh now, god you, you it's, like, Apollo it's, stuff. it's like so we're, we're living through on? brexit and also m1 chips it's kind of like pretty much exactly, we're not able, yeah. able to get anything <laughs> No, we're not bothering. We're already hearing about retailers not bothering to ship to the UK anymore because it's too much of hassle. So uh, yeah, I don't hope we're not going to. Oh, get uh, but, yeah. well, I, let's I, not let's I, not go there too much. I I, yeah. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have said it's um, a it's it's a headache. I, I can tell you it's a headache. But uh, as long as uh, you've kept up with kind of Apple SDKs, and that was another reason for this. It's like okay, so let's really start from kind of now. And then we can see how the whole thing evolves. I mean, this will work. Uh, they've got Rosetta 2, which is effectively a kind of emulation thing. You remember Rosetta 1 when they did the audio unit stuff? They've got that for a while, and then there'll be this. So there'll be this transition period with stuff that is Big Sur compatible. But getting some stuff to Big Sur is proving problematical. Yeah. Uh, but that's mainly yeah. because it's compiled in older SDKs. So, yeah, it's a, it's a headache. But, hey, it's always a headache. Yeah. Tori, I was going to come back to you there. I see you've got your lights back on now. What, um, yes. you say you work, so your production machine's PC-based, so what software are you actually working in to do your general everyday session work then? I'm in Reaper. Ah, wow, okay. Um, yeah, we switched to Reaper because um, my husband and I work together, and so we like to be on the same systems. Um, we we First, we went to Windows with Cubase. I want to say... Oh. Six years Sorry. ago, maybe <laughs> six or seven years ago, we because I was working Cubase with Mac and he had to drag me kicking, kicking and screaming because he wanted to build us custom machines. Obviously, it was just more cost effective. Yeah. So we made the jump to our PCs first. And honestly, because I'm in the DAW so much, it was a really easy transition because I'm not really using the OS for anything else. Um, and then he had this brilliant idea to go to Reaper because it's open source and it actually ended up being the best idea I think we've ever had. It is the, my favorite job. I, I do like Ableton. If I were to be in anything else, I'd probably make the jump to Ableton. But Reaper, the fact that it's open source and you can basically, you know, script in any feature that you want. Yeah. Are, is, are, you, are you doing a bit of that then? Are you doing, are you kind of yeah. with it? So you're scripting stuff in there. What kind of, what kind of extensibility? I mean, I guess the, the one reason people don't use it is purely because it's, uh, it doesn't come with a massive suite of instruments, right? But I mean. Right. You know, I'm not, I'm not a coder. Uh, that goes beyond my depth of knowledge. Um, however, the forums for Reaper are incredible. And you have all these people all over the world that derive joy from, you know, scripting features in and having conversations. We've actually hired somebody um, in the UK, uh, please in the UK, this guy, Leon, who has, we, we found him on the forums and he was just scripting stuff for us on the fly that we wanted. And then we said, hey, you've been doing this stuff. Can we actually hire you to, to help us and basically be our offsite, you know, tech? Um, and that's been really great. But it's just one of those things where, you know, the program is $60 forever, I think, something like that. And they update it mm. like every week. We're on the, the beta team for it. They send out a new update every week. 
And if something breaks, they fix it in like a night. It's, I don't know any other program that really does that. And I don't know why there's such a disconnect with other companies and their user base. Um, but for us, especially because we're usually pushing machines past uh, the normal point of which a basic user would use something, it's important that when something goes wrong that we have direct access to the developer and people who can you know, jump in there with us. So it's been a game changer for us. Um, Interesting. I, I've I've not experienced because I usually put on the the Mac here and on the PC. In fact, I edit. Um, it's ugly when you first open it. Yeah, it is. What what? So what kind of stuff can you script? I mean, what kind of extensibility are you actually kind of giving it? it everything. I mean, so ours looks like. And again, this is not. I just kind of use the stuff that's done for us and implement it. I'm not in the back end of it. Um, so take what I'm saying with a grain of salt here. But um, I mean, the look of it. It basically. I should like bring up. Oh, what? Well, so you, you, you've it's it's UI stuff. Um, so yeah. What what about functionality? Um, in what way? I'm just well. I don't know what it, I don't know what it does that didn't do that it does now that you've that oh. you've made it do. I suppose that, that's what I mean. I guess. I'm trying to think. We've been in it for so long. I'm trying to like what it comes with on the basics versus what we have. I mean, the thing that struck me immediately and i know this is something that has across the board despite it's not just what we've made it do um when you're in a DAW and you're writing in like expression basically like any type of cc data and just the way that you can draw in curves and write in curves it can be really clunky with a lot of other DAWs. the way that it's done in reaper is just so seamless and there's so many ways to edit that's just one of the upfront features that yeah. it comes with yeah it's one of the things that we've you know, added, like I have, and I, I'd be able to show you better uh, if this was on, and I can maybe turn it on in a second. Um, we were using uh, like Touch OSC, like a lemur sort of thing on iPads to do like uh, quick commands so that with large templates that we have, you know, you can open strings all the time or close everything or hide what you're not using or open all your synths. Yeah. Um, and the problem is we were using a separate program with our DAW and having both connected and the, uh, it would constantly be dropping or losing connection. Well, we actually got somebody to build one or a version of that into Reaper so oh, that wow. it's all one system. Um, and well, yeah, that's it a pretty solved big like deal. a massive amount of problems. Well, that sounds yeah, fantastic. I can, well, when you're well, when we'll, you chat we'll, with someone else, I'll, I'll bring it up. We'll have a look. Yeah, no, that sounds, that sounds great. I, I should point out actually yeah. sit up the, the discounted license, 60 bucks. It's $225 uh, for the full kind of forever license. But uh, okay. Um, uh, where was I going? I've completely forgotten. Uh, I think we were talking. Yeah, that's right. Well, OBE's out now. Um, it's available for uh, obviously for um, for Mac. For Mac, uh, and um, I think the price is I've got I got down one four nine uh, intro price one two nine. So yeah, I think I can just we put that there. There I mean, it is. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I'm so so proud of it. I think the team have done an amazing job. I don't want to use this, this opportunity as a huge advert, but I will. No, I won't. <laughs> no, why um, not? <laughs> You've been here since it's episode one, Dave. That's acceptable. It just flies. I'll tell you what it does. It gives you a glimpse of a new generation of instruments that we're gonna hope we're hoping to bring to everyone. Just don't ask when. <laughs> right, okay. That's fair enough. Okay. Um, but let's... The fact that you can run, there's 24 oscillators on there. And uh, one of our testers, I provided a 2012 Mac Mini for, and he can run eight instances, all fully loaded. 24 oscillators, eight filters per instance. So that'll give you an idea as to some of the magic that's going on behind the scenes with the um, secret tools, as it were. Right. I think Mark's uh, dealing with a customer, so I'm, I'm going to uh, come out. I think right, he's well, open. <laughs> he's open. Yeah, he's, he's suddenly up. Let's have a look. See what, oh, no, we've only got that one shot. Um, the CCTV is not covering. Right, um, uh, let's get on to because obviously the other thing that's happened this week is Ableton Live 11 uh, came out. Uh, I think I've got a video here. So I could just – oh, no, I know. Well, no, let's, let's do Daft Punk. What the hell? Because I just pressed the video anyway. <laughs> So yeah, Daft Punk uh, have uh, dramatically ended it all in uh, a dramatic fashion. So here they come. And this is basically the crux of the video. There we go. They're just, well, only one of them. So I wonder if that means that one of them's going solo and he's basically booted the other guy out of the band. That's pretty much so, it. I don't know <laughs> That's if pretty you guys much have it. heard, but 
I heard a bunch of rumblings about they were recording an album recently. So I'm super confused as to uh, this. <laughs> ah. I don't know if anyone else has heard that, but... I, it wouldn't surprise me. Maybe it didn't go as well as they'd hoped and they fell out and thought, right, hell. Or this just another, you know, maybe the, the thing to do is you actually split up and then you release the album because you can't tour it. So what's the point? You're not going to be doing any promo. So, yeah, I mean, it'll still sell. I mean, yeah. they, they, they have sold a lot of records. I mean, just, at this point, I mean, they, they don't need the money. It's, it's I, I, exactly what you're saying. If you can't tour, maybe they'll just put out music under different projects or do solo stuff. I mean, why not? It, they can do whatever they want at this point. But yeah, I was a little surprised by that and, and sad. I've never seen Daft Punk live, and that's something I always wanted to do. So. Yeah, well, I mean, I, what, just as I was finishing my kind of uh, <clears throat> time working in clubs and doing that sort of stuff was when the first tracks were coming out. I've got a uh, video here, the, the, the page here, what, the first album, Homework, 2 million, Discovery, couple of million in the EU, I mean, they're big, big numbers that they've sold. So they're like a proper kind of big selling act. I don't know. Dave, have you had any, have you got any Daft Punk stories? I mean, do they, I, I don't know what they use. Are they hardware guys or are they kind of, because it's a very specific genre, like Air and, and Daft Punk so it feels like a very world of sound that's very uh, stylistically specific, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure it's a combination of both. I think my favourite Daft Punk story is... I, can't, I won't name names here, but one of them went to a repair person that we know and said repair person didn't know who he was. He just turned up, I, th I believe it was a Moog Sonic 5, which is obviously rarer than the Sonic 6. And they got chatting and it was like, oh, yeah, no, so you obviously got a couple of, you know, this is a nice synth and whatnot. It's pretty rare and whatnot, you know, so... Do you do it? Do you make music yourself? Yes, <laughs> says the guy. And it's like, you know, anything I'd know. Uh, have you put anything out, you know, commercially? And the guy's like, yeah. And it's like, anything I'd know about? And then he revealed who he was. And he was one of Daft Punk. I'd love that as a story, because you can imagine being in that situation just... Well, I can imagine me being in that situation just... Well, I digging myself a deeper hole. <laughs> he didn't turn up with his he, he didn't turn up with his helmet on though, presumably, did he? So I mean, how would you know? No, right? exactly, exactly, exactly. And that's why I love that story because it's like you don't you never know who you're talking to, you know. That's true. Sorry, Tori, you so, had a, you. Yeah, funny enough, I have a very similar story. Uh, in 2013, I crashed their Grammy party <laughs> um, in LA. And uh, I, I say crash loosely because at the time I was working at uh, Remote Control um, and they had a hand in mixing that record. So I knew people that were going to be at the party. And uh, my very good friend was uh, one of the DJs that was hired for the party. So he kind of snuck me in, essentially. Um, I'd only been in L.A. about two years at that point. And uh, yeah, he snuck me into the party and... I was speaking with the members of Daft Punk for about 15 minutes without their helmets. I just thought they were very nice French guys. Um, I had a very nice, lovely conversation that had nothing to do with their music. And then a friend of mine came over and tapped me on the shoulder and goes, do you, do you realize who you, you were just talking to? No, they're so nice. I never get to their names. And yeah, it was, it was Daft Punk, which in hindsight, yeah. speaking to two lovely Frenchmen, at a Daft Punk Grammy party, I probably should have put two and two together, but I felt very yeah. embarrassed after that one. And yeah, but that, that that's so cool. Me. It's so yeah. cool because actually they would have walked away from that going, you know what, we had this kind of real serious non-fanboy discussion <laughs> with somebody. That was a real discussion we had in LA. Yeah. Wow. That party, um, I, don't, I don't go to many things like that anymore, but I mean, early days, I've been in LA almost a, almost a decade now or nine years. And back then, I mean, I went to this party and Paul McCartney was there. And I don't usually care about meeting people or starstruck, but there were some people there that it was just a very cool moment to be a part of and people that had inspired me for a long time. So, yeah, in hindsight, I'm kind of glad I didn't realize who I was talking to because it made it that much more special. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mark, Mark, I, I'm Daft Punk. I mean, that, that I mean, the, the, the around the world, I mean, and obviously Rich has got a connection with them as well because of their whole uh, um, deal with uh, Nile and Get Lucky. I mean, it's just that that being that big and that style, I mean, because they're, they're, they're stylistic sound. I was, it was really, uh, really surprised, impressive. Actually. You were surprised? I was really surprised 
by them because I, I'd got to the point with that style of dance music where I'd kind of thought, well, that's kind of done and it's over now. And I'd, I'd kind of stopped making music like that and I was starting to make like punk stuff again and going back in that direction. And suddenly that record came out and I, it really puzzled me because I was thinking, how come that's so massive? How, how did it suddenly get so big when it didn't seem hugely different from everything that had run up to it but in a way it's it's almost like that tiny little bit of production always makes the biggest difference and what they did was they they just kind of polished it just that tiny little bit more than everyone else so instead of it being like kind of a i don't know a couple of scummy djs with a, a dodgy old s1000 they kind of gave it a little bit of an edge and that edge it, is what makes the difference because it, it? it's i mean it sounds like uh original 70s disco productions is kind of the way that they yeah. they did it with with, with, really with the clever. excess of the the, the the compression and the the extreme yeah it's a very clever bit of that anyway as we know well, their, kick, their, their kick drum reminds me of I think it was a 70s record, Jimmy Bohorn, Spank, the kick drum on that, their kick drum kind of follows that. So it's almost like a 909 or almost like a plastic bucket upside down being hit with a with a stick. But it's kind of got that, it's got both almost. It, it, they, they melded those two things together really well. And it was, I, uh, I don't know, we played it on the tour bus very loud a lot. And uh, yeah, it was fun. It's a good record. Really yeah, good no, there's some good stuff in there. Um, we should put a nod out to Ableton, uh, which was the button I was supposed to press, which was not, I, I think I've actually just, uh, I don't have it. Never mind, we'll just go straight to the dip. Oh, no, hold on. Ableton 11 is out. I should say that because yeah. that's that's a big that's a big thing. I mean, we knew it was coming uh, because we did some previews uh, last year. We did a great one with Simon Stokes. We've got uh, MPE, we've got the... Um, the track grouping, we've got the brilliant comping, and all these features. You know, they're, most DAWs have had them for eons, but the thing is, they've they've been implemented in a really cool way. The MPE specifically is really very elegantly done, and obviously Ableton Eleven. I think you can get it now. Um, you can download it now. I don't know what the prices are because I was. It says log into your account. I logged into my account because I had an NFR for ten because we we were doing stuff with it. I never found out what it was. Tori, do you do, do you use MPE stuff? I mean, is that something that would make you jump? Because editing MPE is a nightmare. Yeah. Um, I don't. You know, I have a I have libraries that do have MPE. Um, I don't use it. Like I don't have a Roly or anything that really controls it. Um, just because I don't have a ton of stuff that utilizes it. Um, but the, actually the thing for Ableton that excited me was that it has comping now, which seems like a small thing, but it was actually one of the things that was stopping me from using it more full time. Granted, I'm not going to swap off of Reaper, but as someone that does produce electronic music as well, Ableton just has so much stuff that's built into it that it, it really is leaps and bounds above other DAWs for that genre. And the addition of adding comping as vocalist, um, again, as a DAW that other DAWs have had that feature for so long, now that it has that, it's a much more appealing, um, you know, workstation. Yeah, I know, I agree. And I think, you know, it's, again, you know, these these kind of incremental changes in terms of DAWs, you know, they... It's it's interesting. There's I don't know that there's necessarily much in there that you would just go. This is a game changer. I think maybe the MPE stuff and the way that the comping works, the yeah, with multiple tracks and you can bring other takes in, and so you can do real cut up stuff, which is quite interesting. That's kind of a cool thing. I know, um, uh, Dave, have you you've probably been having to look at this because obviously your plugin is MPE and MPE is something that is just hideous to work with. Live a big I, big is this a big deal for you? I generally only use live for testing, if the truth be known. Uh, there's loads that I took away from this video, and I'm kind of very eager to try this out. The comping, absolutely, definitely. I love that shaper tool. Yes, that's cool. That's I the... thought that was really, you know, simple, ingenious, very creative. Um, it's, and actually, it's funny because I think the demo guy, who is this guy? He's amazing. I thought he was really brilliant, really engaging. Is that the Scottish guy? Yeah, Simon, yeah, yeah. Simon Stokes, yeah. Yeah, no, big shout out to him because actually 
I didn't, it, hey, I've got stuff going on all the time. So I didn't expect to kind of get drawn into this. And I was like, he's just got that kind of engaging personality. Uh, so it did draw me in. And uh, yeah, for me, when it was so funny, because when that little shaper tool started to happen, I was, I had flashbacks to, you know, drum machines and noise gates and side chains and all of that agony. And then, of course, you know, the artist would go a month later. What was it you did on that? Oh, it was that. Okay, I got to set it up and you're setting up the threshold. And I was just like, this in that kind of creative, really simple way. Uh, and the comping really would probably be enough for me to go, hmm, that, that multi-track comping, I thought was really really cool i used hey i have to use comping on my vocals <laughs> it's just keep cycling around and eventually you can take that syllable and piece it together you know what i mean so yeah yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited to try this out actually actually yeah the shaper tool I, if i remember it's like a, a it's going to be a one shot or it's a, a an lfo and you could just drag it onto pretty much any a lot of a lot of the stuff that they've brought in seems to have come from the niftier Max for Live stuff that's been designed. They've sort of baked that now into the uh, the kind of core of the programme rather than it being a necessarily a Max for Live thing. I know, Mark, are you a, a big fan of the Able to Workflow? And is this going to make I, a difference to you? I only use Ableton, and or I do use Reaper occasionally. I gave up on Logic ages ago when they cocked up the interface by making it look like GarageBand. And so Ableton is my go-to for everything. Right. Door basically. And I've had, I had the beta of 11 on my machine for a while. And I don't know, I can't, I've, I've lost track of what things I've started to do in the beat. I think the reverb is good. The new hybrid. Yeah. Reverb. The hybrid reverb. That's the hybrid uh, algorithmic and uh, convolution. And I don't know, but bizarrely I've spent the last year and a half having singing lessons and learning to sing. Cause I got, so fed up with editing my voice that I figured out if I actually spent money with a singing tutor learning to sing, uh, it might be quicker for me to actually sing things correctly than to sing it over and over <laughs> again and then spend hours editing. So I'm kind of like going, well, that's bizarre. So they've just given me the feature I needed two years ago, but now maybe I don't need it quite so much. Um, what was that noise? I'm not that sure. A, I sounded uh, like a, yeah, no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It's it was like, like, it's like, you think you can sing, Tinley? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know what that was. Audio glitch. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of cool. I, um, It's weird. When you move from one door to another door and then you, you follow the workflow that you used to use. So I was doing time stretch the same way that I used to do time stretch in Logic 2 or 3 or whatever it was. And I was with Mike Gregg and he just showed me something and he clicked on something and moved it. And I was like, hey, I didn't know you could do that. So I think I need to watch more videos because he's he completely changed the way that I stretch guitar parts around now. So I can play my guitar into it and then I just move. Well, yeah, actually, that, so I don't, that's one thing. I no, longer, I no longer fix everything. I just move like the occasional beat and then everything kind of squeezes into time really delicately around it. It's really good. Yeah, cool. no, that's got the one thing that's really good about that is with the group, the track editing, the grouping, You, when you're stretching, all of the tracks in that group will stretch in the same way to the same points. That's actually quite a, a nifty one. That's uh, worth mentioning. It's kind of like, it works a little bit like Vocaline, doesn't it? That was always a useful piece of software. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. And then, and uh, I made the mistake, and this is a really huge mistake. I decided to upgrade my computer to Catalina uh -oh. and wrote off all of my audio interfaces. And then Mike Gregg, who actually is one of the Ableton guys, had sent me this dance track. And I thought, I really like that. I'm going to sing on it. And then realized that none of my audio interfaces would work with my computer. So I had to go oh. back to a MacBook and Ableton 8, and I put his track in Ableton 8. And then the difference between Ableton 8 and Ableton 11, it's just mind-blowing. I was just yeah, like, okay. wow. It's, it's I, interesting. I, I want to go and do that. Oh, no, I can't. Okay, right. I want to – yeah. It's it's an interesting point you mentioned about switching DAWs because I was uh, I was I was talking with somebody on Facebook recently about you know wanting to jump D DAWs and or any kind of software and I found that what I I, I sort of made me analyze the approach that I take when I'm swapping and the first thing I tend to do 
is because I, I I set up Logic when I was using Logic a long time ago with key commands that suited what I wanted and the way I wanted it to work. So the first thing I tend to do is I modify all the key commands to at least replicate most of the features that I'm used to using by muscle memory it, yeah. in the new DAW. And I think that, or, you know, whether it be a, a video editor and then build the other stuff around it. But I find that that's a really good way of doing things. I don't know, um, Tori, if that's that yeah. chimes with you. We did that. Um, when we made the, the jump from Cubase to Reaper, that was literally the first thing we did. Obviously, not everything translated over, but for the most part, we were able to copy everything. Um, but the biggest thing now, and I mean, I probably wouldn't jump as much as I like Ableton. It actually, like I said, it's the one DAW that I do like besides what I'm using. Um, the times that I use it, unless I'm working in it at someone else's studio, um, I rewire it and essentially use it as a plugin. Um, in the DAW, and that's just, I'll bring it up and do, you know, I'll use it for vocal effects or things like that. But I usually don't open it just totally as its own. Um, although with the new stuff they've added, that might change for me. But again, with the key commands, it's easy to do that. But then, you know, for me, which is just like a very specific weird case, like the thing I was talking about, we have all these features built in, those can't obviously transfer over to a new DAW. So it would just be a big pain for my workflow but yeah, yeah 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 the key command thing is a big deal yeah i don't know dave whether you get whether you take that same approach i mean i guess you've been in logic forever and maybe final cut pro you haven't switched nles or or daws for a long time but that's definitely that's a top tip i think just it's doing your key the commands. nearest thing i get to an adventure is when a new iteration comes out and they move the key commands or screw the key commands because i'm like i'm constantly flitting between um logic and final cut pro and if you want to zoom in on Logic, it's obviously out uh, and the arrows. And if I want to do it on Final Cut Pro, it's out and uh, the plus or minus sign to zoom in and out. So I quite like that kind of, I I'm in this now, I have to think like this. Because it's almost like, well, it's almost like going out, isn't it? It's like fun. I don't know in, about in that. A weird, I, mean, I, way. I, I tend to use the same zoom keys and the left, right, and the transport keys in all of them because I just need to be able to do that quickly, and I hate having to kind of rethink it to a degree. I mean, because that, that's what I did with uh, we used to use Sony Vegas or Magix Vegas for all our video editing. Now I hardly ever touch yeah. it. But the first thing I did when I went to DaVinci Resolve uh, is just replicate as many of the key commands as I could, and also figure out how I could implement the things in my workflow that I like about that. And it, most of the time, I mean, because the thing is, most of these things, are, they're so, there are so many similarities. And this this thing with Ableton 11 coming in with the comping and the crack grouping, track grouping, those are things that now is yet another commonality with the DAWs. But obviously you've got this alternate workflow, which now other DAWs it, sort of contrarily are going that way. So Logic is going towards the clip launch and as with other things. So it's, it's just quite interesting, this cross-pollination. Do you know what's, do you know what's missing oh, sorry. from, oh, sorry. Go, go, Mark. No, 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 go, go. <laughs> I was going to say, do you know what's missing from Ableton? I'm on TikTok, and right. I started following somebody <laughs> called Dorothea Taylor on TikTok. She's about our age, and she's a drummer. And she was on there, and she was doing paradiddles and these things, and she was doing fours. Then she did fives, and then she did sixes, and I think sevens maybe. And she, so she's like, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. And I, and I, uh, downloaded the TikTok video, put it in Ableton, and was trying to work out what the divisions were between the time signatures and stuff. So Ableton will not do fives. It will do fours. And when you want to break things up into bars, if you want to loop something, you can only loop two, four, eight, or 16 bars. You can't loop oh. three bars. It's really important for me to be able to cut things up into fives or to loop bars, and to that do right? that, you have to record. You have to record the audio back in, and then you have to stretch it to the length of things. Are you that sure you want about to... that? I'm not so sure about that. Pretty now. sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it won't do fives. I, in the in the quantize or in the groove pool, it's quarter notes, eighth notes, sixteenth notes. You've got triplets, but you don't have fives. I think fives and sevens are missing from modern music. I'm pretty sure and you, they need yeah. to be put back in. All right, okay. That that's I think that's a fair shout. Sorry, sorry. I, I don't know if that's entirely true, but anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm okay. I'm pretty that. sure it is. Okay, unless they've got a max for live kind of 
thing that plugs into it that does it but i'm almost like the quantize there is uh, no maybe the quantizes, quantize. yeah i think that's probably right yeah the thing i was gonna uh, ask and it's a little a little off topic but since we're talking about daws um because i just i just got a new uh apollo interface um i, I got the six and i was wondering does has anybody used their daw that is it luna has anyone um, messed around with that? We had somebody look at it no. for us. Uh, I haven't played with it. Uh, I think it. Uh, I think some of the integration is pretty cool, but I, I haven't used it. I mean, he said it's great if, uh, for the recording process through the UA kind of workflow. So if you're using the Unison and we're using the recorder, it just means it's one less thing in the way between, you know, so you don't yeah. have to get the console. The console is integrated into it. That's what makes that work. But I haven't, I mean, I do know that they've been upgrading it a lot and they spent a lot of time upgrading it. I was it. just curious because, I mean, I remember obviously uh, the the last, not, not this past January, but the NAM before, you know, checking it out when they had that big installation. And then I haven't, I don't know anyone who uses it. And I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be switching to it, but just simply because I bought the new Apollo and, and it, I was looking into it. And I, I was just wondering if anyone had had any luck with it or what it was or if it was... Is it, I, is, it, is it PC as well? I can't remember whether they went with with uh, multi-platform. Maybe I, not because I've been having... So, yeah. A, yeah, I've been having issues. Um, I mean, this is very specific to me, but uh, the Apollo um, is, is giving me uh, some issues with the PC. But is that you're it's, using it's totally, Thunderbolt? Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the thunder, the motherboard. Well, I thought they'd made the PC one's gone USB only, hasn't it? Or the no, USB uh, one USB. is PC only. No, I think it's. <laughs> I think I think that because there's a there's the arrow. Then there was a, a, a twin that had USB, but the the big ones, the eights, are Thunderbolt only. But I do I think know it's that Thunderbolt. The, the, the piece, the, the Thunderbolt, um, it might be USB-C, but the Thunderbolt ports or the USB-C ports, are, well, Thunderbolt certainly on uh, PC motherboards is is a little bit, is still a little bit less standardized than uh, it would be on the Macs. So it might yeah, be related to that. Yeah, and there's something, and I can't remember what component it is that I have. And again, it's a custom built thing. Um, we upgraded to something, and I cannot remember for the life of me what it was, but it, it, it does not play super well with the Apollo. I've got it to kind of have a workaround right now, but it does, it's a little, I mean, I understand that like PC parts are upgrading at a very accelerated rate as compared to Mac. So yeah. I can see why it would be causing problems, but it is a little bit frustrating. I can imagine, yeah, very frustrating. Right, um, well, I, I was going to do, speaking of which, because we've got the, uh, what's the time? Oh, yeah, we've probably got time for this. The um, This was the, uh, the, the the 80s ad for the DX100, which is in a way linked to Daft Punk because the guy's got leather and a sort of shiny helmet on, but this is a lot of VHS noise. Wow, I wonder if that was actually made for TV. I, I, what excites me about that is if that ad was actually broadcast on TV and they did put a, they put TV. Imagine seeing TV ads for synthesizers. That is astonishing. I know, Dave. Have you ever seen a TV ad for a synthesizer? I can't. Maybe the. I, I remember seeing the. Um, what was the stylophone? That was about the last one I recall actually seeing a mainstream TV yeah. ad for. It's not really a synth, but VL yeah, tone. Can't maybe. really talk about that now, can we? Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you know what it is yet? No, um, no I, I, I don't it. think I have. Yes, I won't. I won't go any further. Um, I don't think it. I don't think I have. The ones I really love, I did love this. I mean, I, yeah, I love all this old stuff. Uh, but the ones I really loved were the Casio ones, because actually. I don't know whether you know this guy. I think it's Jerry Kowalski. Yeah, Jerry Kowalski. He's, yeah. he's, you know, big old legend in our industry. Well, he did the Casio ads in the 80s. And they're the ones, you remember the guy standing with the kind of big setup on the beach with the mega hair, the 80s hair, and the waves crashing behind him. It's used as a meme all over the place. And uh, I know Jerry did the music for that because I asked him, I was like, were you responsible for this? But I love that kind of... But this, yeah, this this Yamaha one's fascinating. Didn't he work for Insonic? He worked for Insonic as well, didn't he? He's been everywhere. They, yeah. Korg, and Sonic Kessler. had these weird MIDI spider things that I seem to remember, which were really cool. Which I think I've still got somewhere. 
Wow, I, that, that's MIDI spider. MIDI spider. Okay, that's a new one for me. Yeah. I don't know, but that's that's definitely. It's new. a toy. It's a toy plastic spider with a five-pin MIDI plug on it. You plug it in the back of your synth. You play the synth, and the eyes light up. That's it. Hey! <laughs> I like that. Okay. I think I think it was a Jerry Kowalski uh, kind of idea or production, definitely. I'm looking. Classic. I'm I'm looking for MIDI. MIDI spider does not throw me up any. Uh, Midi spider. Yeah, no, you could I'm... be in really dangerous territory here. My wife once looked up snake charmer for my daughter because she needed a picture of a snake charmer. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That's you're not, gonna, you're not always going to get what you expect for that stuff. That's true. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know. Tori, are you into all this sort of retro kind of stuff? I mean, it's, I, it's just oh, yeah. so, it's like a, it reminded me of a kind of, it's almost like aftershave. You know, I imagine it was like Barry Sheen, you know, brute. But it wasn't. Oh, yeah. It was for a, um, for a synthesizer. Obviously, I'm partial to Yamaha because I, I work with them. But they did um, a really cool little. Uh, they did like a, a mini video uh, like last year, and it was like this. Uh, it was like a the history of synths, and they flew like through a 3D rendering through the history of all of their synths um, from the start to to finish, and and it had like sound. I don't know. It was very. They, it was cool. I don't know if anyone knows what I'm talking about. But I'm into yeah. all of that stuff. Obviously, I'm a collector of uh, vintage stuff as well. I have my uh, CS20 behind me, and, and there's some couple yes. other goodies in here. But I mean, all this stuff came out uh, uh, before my time. So for me, uh, discovering it, you know, now it's 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 all like new. Um, so I'm definitely a fan of retro. And in my own personal projects, I do a lot of you know, quote unquote, synth wave or cyberpunk aspects. So. Yeah, bring on, bring on the uh, vintage. I'm trying this was to very search synthwave, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. To, uh, it's very good on a number of levels: leather, motorcycle helmet, little portable <laughs> synth. What was it? What was that thing? It's got two wheels. It's got two like, wheels. Yeah, Yamaha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there we go. There's I've the Sonic yeah, Midibug. There it is. In a case. What is wow. that? There you go. Okay. It is. It's like a, yeah. it's got a mini. Ca- I really can't cool. see. Catch the midi bug. From Insonic, that is a. I mean, who the hell? Do you think that was a, like a Halloween trick or treat thing? No, Jerry. I think it was Jerry <laughs> Kowalski came up with that one. I'm pretty sure it was. Okay. That's so cool. Right. I have a Yamaha with two wheels, and and it's a uh, and I have to wear a crash helmet to ride it as well. And it does do naught to sixty in two point seven seconds. It's very 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 fast and quite <laughs> extraordinary <laughs> and very loud as well because I put a very very loud exhaust on it because I quite like doing that i like being noisy and drawing yeah why the hell not myself. can't think why you know yeah, what so, you need is a couple of uh, midi bugs on it got... so it'll be flashing on the end of the handlebars that would yes, top it off yes, yes. look yamaha other thing about yamaha is they make really cool things i've got no use for this whatsoever but has anyone seen these this is a, a little yamaha session session cake guitar and bass mixer Right, which I on. just I saw it on eBay. It's about the size of uh, uh, maybe about five inches square. But I saw one on eBay and I was like, "Wow, that's so cool!" And I bought it because it's red and this it says thing. Yamaha on it, and it just looks really cool. Yeah, they're bloody awesome. Wow. I haven't actually plugged it in. Actually. What's it for? It just looks really nice. Is it just a, a, uh, you a little? Plug, a- you, so you plug you plug your MP3 player in the side of it. You can plug an electric guitar in the side of it. And it's got some mix controls and a right. headphone session volume. cake. It doesn't. It, it sounds it doesn't like something really that could be a euphemism useful, for some but kind it just of music. Looks really cool. It sounds like it could be something that's a euphemism for sort of music drugs or some kind of cooking thing. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, well, uh, you're a, you're a resident one. Yamaha endor- endorsee. Uh, have you got a have you got a midi a session cake? You I do any... not. Um, I do have a lot of Yamaha. They do a blue got, one. Oh, right, okay. Then I got the CS20. Then I have my the keyboard in the desk is also a stage keyboard. Do I have anything else? I have a montage somewhere. I don't know if it's in this room, but <laughs> I'm a little Yamaha up. I will say the one thing that's missing from my collection is I I keep seeing CS60s go on sale, and you know, obviously I would never. Uh, Sorry, you should in their me. showroom. Meet Dave. They have a nice. Huh? <laughs> Sorry, meet Dave. Yeah, or uh, yeah, right. da- I'm sure Dave could uh, help you out with, uh, with certainly the desire for a uh, a CS60. Yeah, you you really you know rate what? them, and don't you? They've, 
Oh, I was gonna say they've had rumblings that they're gonna do some version of a CS80, and it still hasn't. I, I just. I, I have. I've oh, got something really cool upstairs. I've got a Yamaha keyboard upstairs, and it comes with these A4 sheets. And on the edge of the A4 sheet is a strip of magnetic tape. So on the A4 sheet is the music for the song, and then you feed the A4 sheet <laughs> through the keyboard, and it's got some kind of tape head kind of reading thing. And it programs the song into the sequencer on the keyboard, and then you press so, the button, and it plays it. Wow! It's like a digital player so, piano. Wow, that sounds interesting. Kind of, yeah, but it's a, it must be from the late seventies or early eighties, so it's very uh, really really retro, and basically well, on Nick, mag it's like cassette you... piece of cassette tape stuck on the side yeah. of a piece of cardboard. Right, right. Sorry, Terry. Yeah. Nick, you were with with me obviously when we did the the tour of. I don't what, remember Yamaha seeing Road that. I don't remember seeing that. Did you see no, one of those? No, I don't. The, I, I the don't. GS2, I mean, there was so much in that. The GS2. The GS2 has got a little, uh, the, you load the sounds via this little, uh, it looked like a little bit of tape with plastic around it, and you just kind of slide that in and out. And they did a nice little wallet with it, you know, where you could yeah, I, I do remember keep that, them safe. Yeah, 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 I remember those. It's really cool stuff. Yeah, Interesting. I I should, should I go and find it? If you can, I, Mark, I think yeah, I, I, I would like I think to see I know it. All right. Okay. Yeah, okay. This this is the last it. task for it. So we'll just let my when I should keep the mic up and sit here. What's going on? So we're going to hear a bit of stomping around, boxes breaking, <laughs> falling Maybe. down the stairs ah! in a comedy routine. Yeah, I'll keep the I'll keep the volume up for that just for the sake. Uh, we're pretty much near the end of it. I did forget to post. So I do apologise. I didn't post links into the uh, chat room. I, I was a bit discombobulated this week because the uh, Sonic State server basically went down half an hour before the show was due to go on. So I was trying to fix that, and it kind of left me a little bit uh, less than uh, focused. But um, you're used to that. It's what I do. I think uh, you know. There's nothing much I can do. So, Tori, what's what's going on for you next? Uh, next. Well, I'd say everybody, uh, you know, look out for those sample packs. I think that the noise engineering modular one is going to be out. They, they want it to be out next month, so I'm going to work toward that. It's done. I just have to organize it. Um, and that'll be a pretty cool pack. Uh, look out for this vocal pack that I'm working on that will be announced probably shortly. Right, um, that's with Splice, is it? Nope. Do it. No, it's not. Oh, is it not? <laughs> oh, okay. With somebody else. Well, I mean... <laughs> it's not <laughs> okay I, I do beg your pardon i just made an assumption um yeah no it's okay um yeah there, there's something coming out uh maybe with them and then um what else yeah this this show i'm scoring uh hopefully i can talk more about it soon you know it got delayed by a year um so it's nice that we're, we're back in production and we're rolling and everything's on on schedule knock on wood so yeah exciting things I'm just happy to, to be making music. Oh, I see that Mark has uh, something here. Here it is. All right, so it's this. I don't know if you can... Hang on. What's yeah. it called? I can't read that. What's it actually called? Oh, it called? looks like one of I the think refaces. It's a Yamaha PC100. And then this big slot along here is to put the card in. There's the, uh, the, head cleaning, cleaning the head card. cleaning card. So it's got a strip of tape cleaner along the bottom, and then wow, if we want to go. This must date it a bit, actually. So we've got night fever, <laughs> and then that's the strip of magnetic tape. Oh, neat! So you basically you feed the magnetic tape along the slot. It, obviously, it's not plugged in at the moment. Do you have to do it in and time then, so that it plays it real time, or does it just load it in? That would no, it's just it's just like it's just like uh, loads in the sequencer data, and then it plays the song. Ah, and then, it, and then it leaves the music. The, that's what it is. So then it leaves the music standing up in front so that you can then read the music and, and, and play. That's, that's kind of fair. That's neat. Yeah, so, so it's Yamaha Portasound PC100 play card system. Right. And then it's got lamps. It plays all these little flashing lights along here to, so you can learn the song. Nice. <laughs> if thank you, you Mark. That, thank, you, thank you for grabbing that. That's excellent. It's bizarre. Very bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen one of those. Dave, what's next for you? I'm guessing you're not about to announce anything here. As you, what's next for you is probably um, rounds of rounds uh, of of just dealing with this, right? Dealing with the OBE and uh, sitting back and um, hopefully, yeah, yeah. Sleep is the main thing. I, you, hey, you know me. I, you know, releasing anything just terrifies me. It, honestly, if I had my way, I'd just stay in in the, probably in this room or the main studio and just 
do developing stuff. Uh, so yeah, releasing anything just terrifies me. I'm a complete nervous wreck, which is kind of, it's strange. It's very strange because I don't mind getting up on stage and I don't mind talking to people, you know, down a zoom and stuff like that. It's, but yeah, it's, it's that release. I guess. Yeah. It's the release. Yeah. It's just awful. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of back. It's trying to support the team and I'm on something else. Uh, and yeah, just keeping going. Excellent. Well, keep hope- your head occupied. Yeah, That's absolutely. Well, hopefully, um, we'll we we could get you on and you can do a little bit of a walkthrough for us as well sometime in the future. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. awesome. Okay. Well, Mark. Also, thank you very much uh, for joining us. I hope you haven't had to turn any too many disgruntled customers away. Um, and, the only uh, thing, the only thing we interrupted was the Harry Christmas came to borrow a table so that they could give people food. <laughs> so. So that was when I disappeared for a while was because uh, I had to go and give her a table to take off down the high street. Um, so, yeah, no, it's all good, though. I've, Excellent. I've enjoyed it. I haven't haven't been on for ages, have I? So it's, No, well, we're looking forward nice, to the... Nice um, change. We're looking forward to the reality TV show that you're going to be doing uh, from now that you're multiple cameras. And we can... Yes. So I'm looking forward to that. Once you've got the format together, but I'm happy to have a chat with you about yeah. uh, how to make that work. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, excellent. Okay. Right. Well, I think that's it for this week. I want to say thank you. I'd say, oh, you can carry on the chat over at Discord. Uh, and I didn't mention, you can also enjoy, uh, if you f- fancy supporting us, we have got our own Patreon, patreon.com, patreon.com forward slash Sonic State. Uh, a couple of tiers where we've got patches, we've got exclusive video stuff that we don't post anywhere else. And, uh, um, bits and bobs that are going up there there should be some more stuff going up there quite soon so if you're interested in supporting us like i say patreon.com forward slash sonic state as where to go anyway that's it for this week thank you so much everybody i think i can go to oh no that's that one Th- yeah thank you everybody in uh, in the chats nice to see you there in the irc and in the youtube and in the twitch and whatnot uh, it's been a great pleasure we'll flip to our fours up and say thank you very much everybody it's been a great uh, show to have you and hopefully you'll all have a great week and uh, may your um weeks be you know marvelous and everything be good for you in these shit times that we've got (laughs) i probably shouldn't have said that but hey see you later (laughs) i better go now bye